0: Goblins and ghouls, and welcome to another extra special mini episode of my Haunted Life podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. These mini episodes are solely dedicated to listener stories, and some of these stories are pretty intense, some are lighthearted, some are pretty short, and some are pretty long. I take all the stories. For the privacy of the writer, I'm only using first names unless you tell me otherwise. So, let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. You have a story to tell us. everyone this is the last mini episode of October so i made it extra long for you guys so I'm just gonna go ahead and go so uh our first story comes from Felicia and she writes I've heard them and felt them a few times meaning ghosts because she replied to a um The thing on the Facebook group about have you ever seen a ghost? Um, I've only seen one once. I was at a friend's house that we know to be haunted, but I had never heard of them seeing something. I was upstairs alone getting changed, and I looked up at the door and the shadow of a man walked by along the wall. I didn't say anything until three years later, and the family that lives there just smiled, nodded, and said, the shadow man. Their granddaughter sees him all the time, apparently. I also swear I have been scratched one time. This was two years ago. I went to bed and was scrolling my phone as I typically do before falling asleep. And all of a sudden, my neck started burning. It kept getting worse and started to burn more. So I got up and looked in the mirror and these scratches were on my neck. I didn't touch my neck at all while I was laying down. And it was on the side that wasn't touching my pillow. So I couldn't have been... So it... Couldn't have ever been any material that scratched my neck. I've always tried to come up with an explanation for it, but I've never felt burning like that before. It was really strange. And Felicia also sent me the picture of her neck, and I will include that on the Instagram. Tea break. All right, next story comes from Alex. He says, not very scary, but when my nephew was living with my mom, she would always yell at him because he would always leave the door to the sunroom open and she would tell him to close the door. Since he passed away in February 2019, we will be hanging out in my mom's sunroom and legit, the door will just open itself. And my mom just goes, Christopher, really? No shit, we close it multiple times, and he just opens it. He was, and apparently still is, a jokester. I think that's a sweet story. So the next one comes from Shane, and Shane was one of the ones that did the um, ghost hunting with us at the MAC and Shane is writing to us about their experience at the Outlaw and Lawman Museum from Cripple Creek a couple episodes back so that's very exciting to me so Shane writes my friend and I travel to Cripple Creek for our friend friendiversary that's hard to say We were staying overnight at the Old West Jail in town. The night started out fine. We traveled to the top of the jail with investigators and experienced voices on the ghost box and even had our flashlight go on and off multiple times in relation to questions we asked. We traveled to the main jail next. We all sat in the middle of the giant block of cells, the ghost box churning through stations rapidly. As soon as we sat down, we heard footsteps above us on the top portion of the shell, cells, but nothing came through to talk. After sitting for almost an hour, I heard a grumbling in front of me. I asked the others if any of our stomachs had rumbled and all answered no. Then my, then my friend asked, are you hungry? Right after her question, the ghost box said yes. Uh, hungry ghost, that's funny. Uh, after the session, my friend left a donut on a chair in the cells because she felt bad for the ghost. We lastly walked down to the basement. This is where the ice box is, as well as the room for the old workers and storage. As soon as you walk down the stairs, there is a dropping feeling in your gut. Our guide set up a proximity alert system, and we all sat in the giant storage room. He turned off the lights, and all of a sudden, it got extremely cold. We started asking questions about. uh, I'm sorry, we all. We started asking questions without the ghost box on. That's when we started hearing footsteps. The first steps started at the base of the stairs without setting off the proximity meter. Then we went up the stairs, then went up the stairs, hesitated, went back a step, and went all the way up the stairs to the office room. We could hear it pacing. Then we'd hear it come back down and walk around the room we weren't in where the ice box is. All the time the proximity meter was not lighting up. Our guide went to go investigate as we all sat in the room. He walked up the stairs and it sounded exactly like what we had heard before and we found the step where the footsteps had hesitated. He rocked back and forth, and it was the exact same sound we had heard. At this point, we are getting all a little tense. It felt like there was something in the room, and if you looked away or closed your eyes, it would come lunging at you, like a predator taking down prey. Later on, I would collaborate this feeling with many others who were in the room at the time. Then the guide came back down and turned on the ghost box. I couldn't shake the feeling that I had before. Something was hunting us. I got, we got many responses on the ghost box, all sounding childlike in nature, kind of, what we had heard throughout the museum so far but something was off. Then the investigator did something that I would never advise doing. He asked if the entity knew the name of anyone in the room. Rose, it said, we all froze. Rose to my left gasped. We had all heard her name clearly. Do you know Rose? Yes. He turned off the box not long after that. Rose and her friend were not the same after that. They were both talkative and friendly after they were standoffish and quiet. After the basement, we were allowed to go off by ourselves to investigate. I stayed on the main floor by the front door because frankly, I was freaked out. My friend went with Rose and her friend up to the top of the main cell block. My friend tells me that Rose and her friend became very strange and rapidly firing off questions, pacing the cells, and getting angry when there were no responses. I was sitting quietly in the main hallway until I heard those same footsteps from earlier in the night climbing up the stairs towards me. It reached to the top of the landing. When I didn't see a real human and the footsteps still continued towards me, I noped out of there into the car and waited till my friend was done. I don't know if I ever want to go back, but it was a great spooky experience. That is amazing. Oh my God. Shane, if we get to do that, if we get to do the the uh, the ghost hunt there, I, I might try to bribe you just to come. Also, Shane sent me a picture of her wearing her witch hat and her mask I made her, so I'm also going to include that just because it's a lovely picture on the Instagram. So... Keep going. Got a couple more. So this is from Ethan. Uh, My last duty station, my office was in the old hospital building in the basement where the morgue was. Uh, Of course it was. That's how all these creepy stories go. Lots of creepy stuff would happen. Lights would flicker, our camera would get random static on it. Some people said they saw a woman in it occasionally. One night while I was on duty, meaning I had to stay up, I stay at work for 30 plus hours, I got a bout of sleep paralysis. At the time, I didn't know what sleep paralysis was. I kind of just thought it was something that happened to everyone. I felt this weight in my chest, so I opened my eyes to try and see what was going on because I thought it was my co-worker asking for help. So I opened my eyes and there was this shadowy girl sitting on my chest. I couldn't move my arms or legs and I couldn't scream. I didn't know how long this whole thing lasted, but I was sure that it was going to be the end. Well, that's creepy. I'm not okay with shadow stories. I'm just not. So, the last two stories are from our admins on the Facebook group. Kayla writes, Kayla here, I have one last story for your podcast. This particular story happened at my friend's house that was haunted AF the same house as my last story. So I think I know which house this is. As was usual during the nights at her house, I felt very light fingertips brushing down my face, starting from my forehead and moving down towards my chin. Oh, this was a soothing and soft gesture of an obviously compassionate spirit As a child, I found this annoying and disconcerting. It happened most nights I slept there from elementary school through high school. So on the night of my story, that was happening as usual. To give you a few details, before I tell the main part of the story, I'll explain how the room was set up first. Her bed was in the corner of the room. Above her bed were a few boards nailed to the wall for shelves. There were books, stuffed animals and video game cartridges on the shelves. On this night there were probably three or four of us sleeping on the bed in the middle of the night. Her Furby turns on and starts talking to us. It was one that she had had for a while so it had picked up a lot of English words, as Furbies do. I have no memory of what it said, and I don't remember that the content of what it said was creepy. It was just creepy that it turned on. Opened its eyes and said a few things to us in the dead of night. We checked it, took out the ba- batteries, and then chucked it across the room. I'm so grateful there was a team of us to take that on together, because if I had experienced that alone in the middle of the night, I'd been walking my bare-ass, barefoot-ass home in the middle of the night. So me and Kayla actually discussed that story the other day, and me and Kayla grew up together. I know exactly which friend this is. I know exactly the exact Furby this is, because I also had an incident with that Furby and another Furby in that house during a birthday party. So, there was something about Furbies. Furbies are demonic. Alright, last one. So, this is from Colleen. So, I can't remember when this started happening, mainly because it went on for so long. I work in the bedroom during the day, and John works in the living room. Randomly, as I'd be working throughout the day, I'd hear a steady knocking sound. Sometimes it'd be a soft rapping, sometimes it'd be full-blown banging. John never once commented on it you think he'd hear it because I leave the door open, but he'd never once said anything. I thought, that's weird. Maybe it's the AC, but it was in my room specifically, and the AC unit isn't in my room. And the knocking would move around the room. I just sh- sort of shrugged and went back to work. Seriously, I hear this noise at least once a day, Every day for months. Finally, John comes in the room to talk to me one day, and the knocking does its full range of shit. Moves location, varies in intensity, the whole nine yards. John says, what the fuck is that? And I say, oh, you can hear it too. (laughs) That's been happening forever. And then it just stops, and I haven't really heard it since. Oh man. The acknowledging the spirits. Sometimes that's all they want is a little bit of acknowledgement. Oh man. All right, loves, that is it. Thank you so much. For all those that sent in their stories for October, I greatly appreciate it. I had so much fun with these. I hope you enjoyed them as much as I did. I hope your week has started off nicely, and I will see you Thursday with the next big episode. Bye!